If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 573. I'm Raina Santos, filling in for Ryan McCaffrey while he is out and about in LA covering the Game Awards. Um, but with me for this episode Unlocked, we are very busy. There is a lot of news happening. Um, is a very familiar group of folks that you should know and hopefully love. I love them. So we're going to have a good time. Um, but joining me in the San Francisco office is Stella Chung. Welcome, welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah, then of course, away from the office is Destin Legary. Welcome, welcome. A very quick note, Destin, I love how you always have a green background, and it makes me sort of envious that I need to have a I, green background for my office. I, I switch the colors, and I switch the animation on the TV every episode. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> and joining us again is Taylor Lyles. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> Yay. Um, but yeah, before we get started, because there is a lot going on this December, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to something we have going on this week at IGN, which is the Game Awards airing live. In fact, they may already have started and ended by the time you're listening to this episode. Um, but if you happen to catch this before then, uh, we will be airing the Game Awards on IGN December 8th, beginning at 4 p.m. PT, 7 p.m. ET. Um, of course, you can catch new trailers, reveals, announcements, world premieres, and of course, the award winners. Um, we'll also have a nice wrap-up article for that in case you happen to miss the show and just want to see what were the biggest announcements and, of course, the biggest winners were. Um, we will have a pre- and post-show for that, as always, and I will be on, of course, talking a lot about Xbox and other things, too. So don't forget to check that out. Um, but without further ado, we can just jump in straight into the news because we have a lot to cover, and that makes for a very exciting December. Um, maybe not the most exciting news to start with as far as enthusiasm goes, but definitely an important one is that we finally got the announcement that the first-party Xbox Series X and S games prices will be going up to a flat $70 or technically $69.99 USD. Um, but this has been a long time coming. We've known that, you know, just with the state of things, it's inevitable that this will happen. Um, Destin, I want to go to you first because I know we've been talking about price a lot. Whenever it comes to numbers or legal things, I'm like, all right, what does Destin have to say? <laughs> so, 
Well, this is pretty cut and dry. They're increasing the price to 70 bucks. Do I like it? No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, the, the games they talk about are games like Forza Motorsport, Redfall, and Starfield. So these are like bespoke next-gen experiences. I don't know how long we use the term next-gen once a new console launches. It's been two years, but stuff made for the Series X and the Series S specifically. So they said... As with all games developed by our teams at Xbox, they will also be available with Game Pass the same day they launch. So what they're trying to do, obviously, is emphasize just how good of value Game Pass will be as games increase in price. Phil Spencer hinted that this would be happening in the near future. He said either games, the price of Game Pass, or the price of the console would be increasing. Uh, no comment on the, the cost of the console going up to reflect the inflation around the world right now. And uh, nothing about Game Pass increasing price. So if Game Pass holds, that's great. But I would stock up right now if you get a good deal, especially with uh, Black Friday just hit right now, or you can do the $1 upgrade path. I highly recommend you stack that now before you end up buying wind up paying more later i did i did that with game pass i did that with playstation plus premium uh when you can get it on the cheap get it while the getting's good that's what i say that's honestly a great tip too just like if you guys do find a good deal on game pass for the gift cards or whatever it may be just stock up on them it's not gonna hurt especially if you find a good deal um game pass has a sorry sorry to interrupt you yeah, game pass has a trick where you can up like you get xbox live or something for four years i believe is the cap and then you get game pass for a dollar and it just switches your four years over to game pass so you basically get everything at half price that's excellent a, a very like good tip a so long time maybe yeah. maybe everyone it's time to look into that and see how we can budget yeah. for it ju just in case you know <laughs> um I, that's certainly not going to go down in price i can guarantee you that but unless it did that would be ridiculous but you know mm -hmm. um, that won't happen yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so, sorry, everyone. Um, but Taylor, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I mean, I was actually not surprised. I know a lot of people were surprised on Twitter for some reason, at least from what I saw on my feed. I was like, I don't understand why, just because a lot of other publishers have already been publishing or releasing games that were $70. Microsoft is just following suit. It was a matter of time that was going to happen. But the biggest takeaway that I had was, wow, I'm glad I'm subscribed to Game Pass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially since uh, I use my Xbox Series X mostly for first party games. And the fact that those are coming out the same day as the actual release date for them, it just it, it makes more sense for me to just subscribe to Game Pass versus just buying those games individually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Stella, how about you? What are you thinking? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Taylor. I, I'm not super surprised about this, and I'm kind of glad they're doing this. Um, glad. I, yeah, because I feel like, oh. I mean, okay, okay. I guess <laughs> I'm happy for the developers because, you know, that they're getting paid. And um, it, it makes me feel happy to know that they are looking at the games and being like, well, yeah, there's a lot more that went into this. It's more technically advanced, so, like, we have to consider all the effort that went into it. So it's kind of like... Um, when contractors have to give you their rate and it's like it goes up specifically based on um let's see for so for example i i'm getting a new tattoo so i was talking to my tattoo artist and she's like oh well for something simple it's you know my rate is like 250 an hour but for something a little bit more intricate with more detailing it's 300 an hour so i'm like okay yeah that totally makes sense so for something like this especially since the xbox series x is probably one of the most 
technical technologically advanced system that we have for Xbox, it makes sense that the games would go up, but also it's really great that they have that option for Game Pass, which I feel like we talk about all the time, but it's really nice that we have that option to offset the pricing. So I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm, it's weird to say I'm glad about it, but like, it's nice knowing that they're getting paid, right? So. Yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope yeah. is that they're getting paid. Yeah. Oh, they were always getting paid. So don't don't let that cloud your judgment. The record record breaking profits, and we need to charge you more money now. So don't worry. They're getting paid just fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think, or at least the people were hoping get paid. Yeah. The people, putting put in the numbers in the computer. <laughs> making, making the codes, yes. doing the art, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I actually did see a really good conversation for somebody about like the, 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 like, I guess rates for art and artwork and illustrations and stuff hasn't really gone up over the years very much at all. Mm -hmm. And like, just how there's like a very good analysis of like what it costs to make art and things generally. I don't think it's necessarily it applies to games in the same way, but just looking sort of at like how inflation has gone up over the years and like what that means for money and buying power and cost of things. But anyway, with that, um, I did do some math for you all by some math. I mean, I put some numbers into a calculator because <laughs> I really hate math, but I was just, you and like, me both, you know, I went to journalism school guys. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, that, that was not my side. They're like, you want to take an economics class? It's like, no. no. Um, but I have had to pay attention because we do want to make sure that we do a good job telling this story in full. And part of that story is looking at the purchasing power of the dollar and like, what does a dollar mean now versus, you know, when the original Xbox came out and, you know, money changes over time. It doesn't seem like it does, but it absolutely does. Um, so in 2001, the original Xbox games cost around $49.99 on average. And the power of the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics CPI inflation calculator helped me find out that $49.99 $49.99 in 2001 is about $83.98 now. So that makes the price increase feel a little bit better that technically it's not such a massive jump. And also keep in mind that we haven't had an actual big price change on games since the Xbox 360 and PS3 area, which most games were on like 50 to 60, but that was just, but you know. But games... Gaming has changed since 2001. Yeah. So we're, we're upselled so many different ways where, you know, we subscribe to Game Pass. There's transactions in most of the games. A lot of games go straight up free to play, and then they charge you for battle passes. Then they make more money that route or re skins in Fortnite, you know, using those as an example. So we're monetized much more heavily, which is why they have those record-breaking profits and why it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, $70. I totally get it. Like, they need more money. I'm like, but you're posting record-breaking profits. It's really... This is for anybody. It's really hard for me to get behind you and say, yeah, please charge me more money when you're you're <laughs> breaking all the records in the world, you know? So, Dustin, yeah. I think you make such a great point, too, because when you look at this, say, like, even just the inflation calculator, like, oh, well, this is how much the game costs. It's like, yeah, that's just the base game. That's not like the DLC, mm -hmm. whereas a lot of games back in 2001 Collector's aren't necessarily... Edition. Yeah, they're not necessarily charging for how much extra for maps or whatever dlc there was like dlc was happening but not in the same way right 
um, expansion packs were maybe bigger or more robust at that time, potentially. Um, and so just mm-hmm. things look different, but also sometimes games were smaller. Like it's definitely not like an apples to apples comparison. And it's really hard to make that value judgment. And ultimately it comes down to, this is just what it is. We kind of have to accept it. Um, but thankfully yeah. we do have options. And like you said, Dustin, there are a lot of free to play games. So there are ways to get access to these games that aren't necessarily the Xbox games as more games just probably go to the $70 price model. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just depends on, you know, how you want to support games and which games are most important to you, of course. And as you all have how- very well noted game pass subscribe yeah. for the month you need it if you really want to. <laughs> and then you can how cancel the- it. <laughs> I'd be curious to ask the panel, how does everybody experience their games? I have been a big champion of uh, things like Gamefly. When Gamefly was available, I would rent, I would swap that one game out and keep playing the other one several times a year. So I got my value for the subscription, right? And now Game Pass is like the modern equivalent of that. You basically have this huge library of games that you can play on uh, your console or on your PC. And I make sure to play those regularly. Rarely these days do I worry about buying a game, not only because we're provided codes at IGN, but usually I can complete something on a subscription pass. And then I like I just beat God of War Ragnarok, like 100%, everything's done. There's not a ton of reason for me to go back to that game. Do I really need to own it for some reason? You know, so I'm, I'm curious what other people think about, about that aspect of the price. Yeah, let's go to Taylor for that. Yeah, you know, I'm very much a person that if I'm really interested in a game, I will buy it at release. Uh, I don't really pre-order games a whole lot these days, uh, unless it's something I really, really want. Uh, like, I think the most recent one would probably be the Callisto Protocol. Uh, so, <laughs> and then it came late, and I was like, oh, I didn't <laughs> my copy came like my copy came on like Tuesday and I was I was so upset about that. But uh, you know, um, Destin makes a really good point about the you know beating a game and seeing everything that needs to, you know, that you can possibly exercise and view. Like if there's not a whole ton of replay value, then it certainly makes a more compelling argument for that. But I like to collect physical copies of games. I have a shelf that has all my physical copies. So, but I I, I remember when I was younger and specifically when I didn't have a lot of money and I was going to Blockbuster to rent games and, you know, I would beat it in a weekend and then bring it back. Or if I needed to rent it again, I would just rent it again that weekend. And I just keep going through that until I would beat it. But nowadays, now that I have an adult job and money, <laughs> I just buy the game flat out. And I am also subscribed to Game Pass as well, just because mostly I am playing first party games on my Xbox. So, and they're all coming out day one on Game Pass. So it, it made sense for me, like economically to just sub to that. And then for the other stuff, just buy it at release. Stella, how about you? Yeah, before Game Pass, I definitely was part of that group of people that went to GameStop to look for all the used games and (laughs) try to get those games physically. Um, Yeah, but I I mean, ever since Game Pass came out, I'm just like, oh my God, I could just have a console and just download it there because then I could free up space on my PC, play it there. So that's what I would do. Um, And... I don't know, it's, it's interesting having a job in the gaming industry where you're provided codes, right? Because you're like, oh, I don't need to buy it, but I have found myself actually purchasing games because I wanted to support the developers because I love the game so much. So it's, I don't know, it's interesting. Um, I think I like the option of Game Pass for like Forza Horizon. I, I didn't think I was going to be into that. I decided to give it a try and I was like, wait, I actually really like this game. And if mm-hmm. I want to buy DLC for it, I can. And I get a discount through Game Pass, which is really nice. Um, I don't know that I would buy it outright for myself to have forever. But the fact that I have it on Game Pass is enough for me right now. So yeah, yeah it's interesting how that 
idea has shifted from like owning games to just having it on a Game Pass subscription. Right. Absolutely. I, for me, have mostly converted to all digital unless it's like one of my favorite games of all time. And at that point, I'm sort of like Taylor where it's like, I want the box art. I want something nice. And I'm really glad I have had that mentality. So I actually still have some OG Xbox game boxes in my apartment right now where I was like, here's my copy of Fusion Frenzy and like (laughs) Halo Combat Evolved and like all these other like old things that I have that were important to me as a kid growing up. That that was kind of a nice way to have it. And I get to look back on them and of course actually use those discs now, which is nice with backwards compatibility. Uh, So I will reserve those physical spaces for the most important things just because space is precious. So, so that's kind of for me was my long-term approach. And that's also how I approach movies as well. More often than not, I'll get digital copies if that's what I need. But, um, game pass has been the best just because I do find myself going back to a lot of games that I missed. And in that case, like we don't get codes for old games. I'm not going to get a code for something that's been like five years old. Uh, And one big change in the industry too, is that publishers don't really send us like, this is some, you know, background knowledge, but they don't really sell, send us physical copies very much anymore. We get a lot of codes. And so with that, it's really hard to share copies of games amongst Mm -hmm. like our staff. So if I wanted to borrow a game, we just, you you gotta just buy it or something. Like there's not really a good option for sharing it anymore. Just just make your console the home console on your friend's (laughs) house and then they can play your games on there. It can be so easy. I have done that before. But (laughs) I think it's it's helpful if you can share it like that sometimes. But we do actually have this really nice wall of old games and it's so cool to like walk past that. So in that sense, I'm really happy to have that as an option. But I do tend to actually buy a fair bit of games, even though, you know, working at iGen, we're all very privileged to get game codes early or sometimes just at all. Um, but there are some publishers that don't tend to send very many. So I do buy the ones that are my most favorite, but then a lot of times if I don't get a code for something, I'll just wait till it's on sale or hopefully on game pass. And then if it's something I super love, I'll buy a physical copy and that's that. Yeah. And I agree with that point too, uh, Miranda. It's always great and a good opportunity for us to get games early and things like that through codes and stuff. But usually if it's a game I really do like in this instance, the Callisto Protocol, I did buy a physical copy of it just because I did want to support the studios. I really love like the, the like the guy who's working on it, Glenn Schofield. I really like his work. So I was like, yeah, I want to support him. And I was like, let me just buy this game, even though I already have a copy of it, but I'm going to buy it on PS5 because the box art looks cool and I want to support the developer. <laughs> yeah, that's end up, that's how I end up doing it too. It's like, I want to support, especially for any developers. If I get a code for free and it's like, no, nah, I'm just i going to go buy this or like gift it to a bunch of people just because I really want to support yeah. that game and make sure that people know about these games. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month. 
So that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, speaking about games being in places, <laughs> it's Call yeah. of Duty. <laughs> Here it is again. Uh, <laughs> ring its head about being in different places. So we have more Call of Duty news from Phil Spencer on Twitter. He announced the following... Microsoft, and this is his quote from Twitter, Microsoft has entered into a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo following the merger of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard King. Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people, however they choose to play. I'm also pleased to confirm that Microsoft has committed to continue to offer Call of Duty on Steam simultaneously to Xbox after we have closed the merger with Activision Blizzard King. So, um, Des, I'm going to go to you as our in-house expert on this entire deal, but I think this one we all probably have a lot of thoughts on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting that uh, they're extending it to Nintendo, and they also have sort of a, a standing agreement with Valve and Steam to keep Call of Duty on that platform. This is obviously a strategy ahead of them meeting with the regulators. I believe they're meeting with FTC this week, and they will be discussing closing this deal. Now, Gabe Newell actually released a statement and he basically said, we have talked with Phil Spencer before. We don't need an agreement because they do what they're going to say. They do what they say they're going to do. So uh, that was sort of funny to, <laughs> funny to read. Uh, the 10-year deal is still on the table for PlayStation, but it kind of takes the wind out of the sails of any argument where there's a worry about exclusivity for the game on any other platform. So I think the Call of Duty argument is kind of done at this point. The only the only argument that remains now, I had a meeting with regulators, and that's what this is all about. That's why I'm kind of going down this rabbit hole right now. This is very a very purposeful set of marketing that has been going on for a long period of time. And this is Microsoft's way of getting ahead of any sort of uh, questions they may have. Brad Smith also wrote an article for the, um, I don't remember who, but uh, he wrote an article talking about how this is beneficial 
to gamers, consumers, and developers at the end of the day. So they're on full marketing blitz right now. And this was a big move ahead of their meet with uh, Lena Khan over at the FTC. Uh, I believe today that's happening or oh, tomorrow. Wow. But uh, yeah, great news. Can't wait to see Call of Duty characters on uh, Smash. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Um, so before I throw over to Taylor, I just want to give you guys some some facts about the power of the Nintendo Switch. Um, not just the power. We we know we know a little bit about that. Maybe you don't. This is an Xbox show. But um, for context, the last Call of Duty game on a Nintendo console was Call of Duty Ghosts, which is big yikes. Uh, it was on the Wii U in 2013. So Modern Warfare 2, according to the Xbox site, requires approximately 116 gigabytes of space. Here, here's the thing, Miranda. I think people are forgetting Call of Duty Mobile. Call of yes. Duty Mobile right now. You, sorry, I'll let you finish. We're not there. I'm We're sorry. not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. My it's, bad. it's okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, we'll get I'm to that excited. too because I think that is a very good point as well. Um, standard Switch models right now only have thir like their base of standard Switch models. Their internal storage is 32 gigabytes. <laughs> um, another context is the recently released Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Those were seven gigabytes and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was 13.4 gigabytes. So that's kind of like the averages of these games. Um, and Destin did bring up a great point of Call of Duty Mobile. You know, they said we're bringing Call of Duty generally. So that could be Call yep. of Duty Mobile. It could be a different kind of version. Um, as we know with the previous Call of Duty games, a lot of times it was a different version of the game that was brought to Nintendo games because th their systems just couldn't handle, obviously... Yeah. 116 gigabytes that's today and like we all know the pains of having to re-download call of duty for updates or whatever it may be even if you can partition it and be like i only want the, the campaign i only want multiplayer that's still a massive download um but there are a lot of options i think for them to pursue with this and taylor i want to throw to you about like what you think about this as far as size power graphics all of that things as well yeah um First off, I was a little shook. I was getting ready to go to bed, uh, and I just saw the news. I was like, wait, what is going on? But I think this this was very strategic that they <laughs> mentioned this right before. Well, it's it's interesting that they brought this up right before the you know their chat with the FTC. And then, uh, Destin, that, that article you were mentioning, I think it was Brad Smith who wrote it. Uh, and it was like an opinion piece on the Wall Street Journal, and I read that yeah. as well. And I was like, yeah, they're definitely trying to r build up all this momentum of saying like, hey, I know this sounds like, like this acquisition sounds like a big red flag, I'm here to tell you it's actually a green flag. And, you know, the way that the language was adjusted, I took it as, okay, they're going to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo. I mean, as we haven't had a Call of Duty game on a Nintendo console quite a bit. They're a little long overdue. But it could just be a, a port of Warzone. It could be Call of Duty Mobile, as Destin said. For all I know, they could just re-release some of the older games. I don't know. I wouldn't mind actually playing Call of Duty World at War on my Switch, <laughs> to be honest with you. So I, I know most people wouldn't. I'm just saying, I... I'd buy it. I would I would play it on there. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, because I could take it with me on the go. I mean, granted, I could do that on my Steam Deck as well, but that's not the point. The The language was very interesting because I was like, there are so many different avenues in which they could bring Call of Duty to Switch, but not necessarily it being the latest Call of Duty game. Right? Absolutely. Um, also, Super Producer Jobert for us this week <laughs> is pulling up some nice ghost footage and just general Wii U Call of Duty footage, and it's 
it's quite interesting to see that being played there. Stella, what do you think? Yeah, so I did the Apex review and the Apex mobile review. Um, and when I did the Apex review, it had just come to the Nintendo Switch as well. And oh, it was not great. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, huh, Apex mobile came out after. And I was like, wait, they should have just put Apex mobile on the Switch. It would have worked perfectly because the controls would be great um you know on, on your phone you're like limited to that little space doing all the touch controls and you can mm -hmm. have a bluetooth controller but it's not great anyways um immediately as soon as i heard call of duty was coming to nintendo i was like oh yeah probably going to be the mobile version or something like that because even though they did turn down the graphics they turned out all the um necessary requirements for the switch for apex it doesn't run great you're at a heavy disadvantage competitive uh wise and just playing and even Fortnite on the switch does not look great and the connection issues are really bad um so with call of duty mobile that is out but also i, I think i can talk about this because they did tell, say this they just haven't released more information about this warzone is coming to mobile as well there's gonna be like cross progression Mm -hmm. but not cross-play, and it's not going to be the same game. So I have a feeling that might be something that'll be coming to the Switch, which would be great. I mean, it's a great way to expand your audience, but also let them have another way to play their game and progress in the main game on consoles and PC. So I think this is great for them. Um, I don't have a Steam Deck, and I often find myself browsing Nintendo and looking like, is there any like shooter or something I can play? Because like <laughs> I don't mind playing the RPGs and stuff on Switch, but I'm like... Man, I want to lay in bed and play a Guess shooter. you could play Splatoon. <laughs> I could play Splatoon, but... <laughs> it's like, listen, Squid Kids are cute, but yeah. they, don't, they don't scratch the itch the same way. No, it's not, it's not quite the same. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that this is... Some form of Call of Duty is coming to Nintendo because it makes me very happy, and I'm like, yes, maybe I'll use my Switch more. So. Yeah, and I think you have all brought up really great points. When I heard this... My concerns were also, of course, connectivity, online play. We know Switch has had a lot of issues with that, but I think this is an interesting creative challenge for Microsoft to solve for with Activision Blizzard should this all go through um, because there could be options, and Taylor, as you noted really well, they didn't say which Call of Duty this is. This could be maybe even just a campaign collection. I could see them maybe only wanting to release the mainline new games campaign. That is it. And then maybe doing, like Dustin said, Call of Duty Online or something else, or Call of Duty Mobile, I mean, sorry, um, as like their online element or something that's just more tailored to the Switch that isn't going to be as, uh, I guess, at conflict with the system and what it offers, I, you could say. It could, like, yeah. working towards the strengths of what the Switch offers in its mobility, in its availability, and in its, like, I guess, prominence in the hands of a lot of people without making it be something that's frustrating for people who want to get online and play against people and they're getting like creamed by people playing on pc yeah i think there's one angle you're not thinking of there's another one yes there is i'm thinking of it and yeah. i want you to say it a new platform for nintendo okay that's not what i was nintendo thinking that is also an angle. <laughs> I, uh, wait yeah. i thought he was gonna say mm -hmm they put the games on the cloud. The I mean, cloud. there are a few games that have cloud versions, like Control yeah. Ultimate Edition is a good example. But those, you know, those are, they're there. Yeah, they're so there. Yeah. That's, that's exactly, Taylor, what I was going to say is, yes, eventually there will be new Nintendo consoles. Like, But do you guys really think it's going to be like a, here's a portable I think it, powerhouse? I think, I think it'll be over the next 10 years, that's for sure. Because the, agree, the agreement's for 10 years. So maybe it's not this year, but potentially Nintendo could reveal Switch 2.0 next year, right? At some point, 
they have to upgrade their hardware. The Steam Deck's out now. People have been able to see what more powerful hardware can do. And Nintendo has been stockpiling components for quite a while. They're up to something. I am curious when they are going to upgrade their hardware. I will say it is interesting because I, I've been, like, it wouldn't, I'm not saying it is, so please, anyone listening to this, do not take this as matter of fact. I, I, I've just been looking at the release dates for the, the, the Switch family. Like, we had this the regular Switch in 2017. I'm not including the, the updated model they had, which is the slightly better battery life. And then in 2019, it was two years after the Switch release, then we got the Switch Lite. Last year, two years after the Switch Lite came out, then we got the Switch OLED model. So I was like, hmm, well, we're almost coming up on two years for the OLED model. Maybe we will get a updated Switch, a more powerful Switch. But yeah, I mean, at this point, with the Steam Deck out and the Switch really showing his age, and also, I mean, Pokemon Scarlet, I was playing that, and I love it, but I'm also like, wow, it is, it's it's janky, extremely janky. Yeah. I was like, please, release a new Switch, please, a more powerful one. I'm not saying it has to be more powerful than the Steam Deck or any of the Ionia handhelds that come out, but give us something that will at least run some of these games, because there's a good chunk of Switch games that struggle to perform on this hardware and th some of those games are made for the switch again like pokemon scarlet and Violet is the most recent example all i want to say is everyone keeps pointing to the steam deck as like the shining beacon of handheld <laughs> technology which it is really good it is very cool but do you guys not remember that there is a thing called the ps vita that was released forever uh, yeah. ago that mm -hmm. did fantastic like that was awesome yeah and powerful I my, I beautiful <laughs> um anyway just throwing that out there that I think Nintendo has a conscious decision in how they develop their systems. They think more about the cool tools that they want to do, like with the Joy-Con, mm -hmm. for developing their games to make something that's really interactive and neat for their games specifically. Um, whether or not they'll actually address online connectivity or power is a big question, just generally, because they've they've we've seen time and time again opted not necessarily to go for power and instead go for innovation. Yeah. And so I think that's the big question of like what we're going to see there. To bring this back in, of course, this is an Xbox show. Bringing back to the Xbox side of things, uh, my hope is with whatever they do next, maybe puts them in a better position to work more closely with Microsoft, because obviously Microsoft has really been trying to play ball with them in a lot of different ways. And I would love to see that partnership continue in whatever that may look like. Uh, we've said it many times here, too, that we would love, love, love to see an Xbox Game Pass app on the switch in some capacity mm -hmm. whether it's like streaming games cloud streaming however that looks like yeah and then you can play a lot of your xbox games on the switch which like, tunic would be so great on the switch yeah and tunic and like a lot of those games yeah. do get re-released in different ports and just available in different ways and that might be a little conflict and who knows how that's gonna work maybe it's like a select library of games that are included on that app but obviously phil has been doubling down on saying you know as he said in this quote too um that they just where is it exactly Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people, however they choose to play. And that's kind of the thing that they keep nailing down is like, however anyone chooses to play. And so they're really not trying to be just focused on their system. We know for a very long time, they've been building up, making sure their games are on PC. And now the next thing is with Minecraft, we saw making it everywhere. And now they're saying with Call of Duty, if we get this, they want to do it everywhere. So there are still exclusives. They still care about that, but at the same time, there's some things that they want to expand through their banner in different ways, and I yeah. want to see how that can can grow in the future. Destin, I, do you I have found the gate. I found the Gabe quote. If you want it, otherwise yeah. we can move on. Yeah, let's do that. And All we right. can move on to the next one. G Gabe Newell. So Valve and uh, Steam. 
you know, Gabe Newell said, Microsoft offered and even sent us a draft agreement for a long-term Call of Duty commitment, but it wasn't necessary for us because A, we're not believers in requiring any partner to have an agreement that locks them to shipping games on Steam into the distant future. B, Phil and his Phil and the games team at Microsoft have always followed through on what they told us they would do, so we trust their intentions. And C, we think Microsoft has all the motivation they need to be on the platforms and devices where Call of Duty customers want to be. Oh, wow. Thank you. A little spicy. Yeah. A little spicy from Gabe. Maybe Gabe's yeah. also tired of this news, of this Probably. back. Yeah. <laughs> like, guys, can you just shut up? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Please just just figure it out. We obviously yeah. know. Please stop posturing. Thank you, but also, gosh, man, I I relate, but it's okay because we will all get through this together. And then at the end of the day, something will happen with this deal, and then we can move on and have new news. Yeah. Um, speaking of new news, we have some free stuff. Yay, free things. Um, so we have some quick Halo. Uh, Infinite news, we have surprise December 2022 update. 343 is giving Halo Infinite players a present, or a few presents technically, <laughs> in the form of the custom game browser. So that's available now and a little bit earlier than expected. So you can go through and go find custom games, um, download them, go play them, just like the Halo 3 days or whenever you used to use custom games most. Those, those were my days. Um, also, a new map! Yay! We're getting the <laughs> yeah. hit from Halo 3 as Empyrean, which is super exciting. Um, honestly, I haven't jumped back into Halo in a while, and this is kind of making me want to go back, to be quite honest. Um, another one before we go around the room is they're going to offer all armor cores for free and 10, quote-unquote, cadet coatings for free. So just basically a lot more optim or customization options for your Spartan just available. So some of those armor cores were locked behind events, so if you just weren't around for that event, you didn't get it yet yeah. until it comes back. Um, and then the cadet coatings are just sort of, I think like 10 based colors mm. so that way you don't have to just have like, well, here's two colors and that's it. Now you at least have 10 to choose from before you start unlocking stuff. Yeah. It's nice to have choices as opposed to uh, blue or poop Brown, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the choices. <laughs> no, no. And that's of course, I think something a lot of folks have complained about launch is like, Hey, why? what happened yeah like, <laughs> this is it's just one of those things that of course it's free to play we understand but it, it did feel just like such a huge step back from everything they've always offered um and then of course they have general quality of life improvements and with this the winter okay wait, excuse me sorry rewinding a bit um with the winter update in november 343 said that they're looking to do shorter seasons next year with steadier streams of new content and this feels like a bit of a nice start toward that even though we're not even to the end of the year yet because as Stella and I have complained about many times, seasons are way too long. Mm -hmm. Not enough stuff. Um, Destin, going to you first. What do you think? I, I did the 30 tier winter battle pass in like a week, two weeks. Like, because after reset, you pop your double XP. I came around on the XP <laughs> system. It's fine, but it still needs a little bit of work because once you do everything for the week, you're just kind of like, well, I get like my one match XP and that's it. So. This is a great update. The community seems to love this update. That customs games browser, what it allows you to do is to find the inf the Halo Infinite Forge maps that the community has been making. And they tease some of them in the trailer, like the paintball mode I got to try out or all these interesting modes that the community has been creating. And there is some awesome stuff out there. Uh, I believe it was Blood Gulch was showing that had been remade. Somebody remade Guardian. There is so many cool things. The Pit 
it's back it's scaled appropriately for halo infinite that is really really cool to see and uh, just the general quality of life stuff this is a fantastic update it feels like where halo infinite should have launched so we're at like this feels like a new starting point if they are able to keep that momentum that they promised from this point potentially halo infinite finally ends up being the game that we hope it could be and um that's all i really have to say about it yeah still what are you thinking i think it's great um i think the players who have been playing are very happy about it for me someone who did get really into it at launch but then kind of fell off it i don't know if this is enough for me to want to come back right now like the the fact that there, there are armor cores for free and the new coatings for free that's nice um but i don't know I, I guess i'd have to see how this is going to progress and see if they do keep to the uh shorter season steadier stream of new content you know that they said they would be doing because that would definitely bring me back because i like that i like that their battle passes are open so you can go back and complete them whenever you want that's really nice but the seasons are so long i'm just like do you need to do that <laughs> so yeah. it's like one or the other so i'm glad they're shortening the seasons and i feel like i'm gonna see how this pans out and if the next update does come in a timely manner, I think I might go back to it. But there's just so much else right now that's just got my attention. Like Warzone and DMZ is just really fun. Um, and I'm like, I don't really want to split my attention right now. Halo's great, but I, I want to see it. I, right. I want to see that I can trust the process first. <laughs> that's something we talked about a lot too previously is that Halo's it's great that they're doing updates, but they're also competing for attention with everything else out yeah. there. So it has to be something that's exciting. But even though it may not be for maybe for you for this particular update yeah. it is good to see that there's a lot of interest otherwise um taylor what are you thinking about this oh they had me at the pit and now i'm i was i, I yeah i hadn't i kind of fell off of it after launch i was like okay they had to just say we're bringing back the pit and yeah I was like, okay I, I was like Very when good you map. said that i was i was just i was like now i'm hooked i'm coming back I'm, I'm coming home uh you know what they should do next now they should just put cold storage in halo infinite i loved that map it was great it was one of my favorite halo 3 maps put it put it along with the pit Put cold storage in there and then i'll never leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think they have a lot of good promise coming out from this and just generally happy to see it and just wanted to share this news in case you guys missed it um i'm definitely going to plan on going back up a little bit i usually do every december which is weird to say every december because it's only the first <laughs> december beside launch but <laughs> um i do uh tend to go back for holiday events just because i think they're a lot of fun to go through with my friends we all get a little bit more of downtime at that point so i'm excited to jump back in and hopefully also play some custom games i think that'll also help make the game feel a bit more fresh whenever you've run out of challenges for the week maybe just go check out some custom games go go mess around go get some friends go make new friends do something fun <laughs> or let my ai have a little santa hat that'd be cute yeah yeah that'd be really cute yeah. <laughs> uh so speaking of free dlc elden ring dlc is coming out right now it's available. It's out now, yeah. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's there. Um, so a very surprise announcement that the Coliseum is the PvP DLC that was rumored and talked about for a long time, hoped for, and now it is available. So three Coliseums have now popped up through the Lands Between, and each of them feature a different set of PvP challenges. Um, one of them has all three of those modes, so there's three different kinds that you can get into. And uh, yeah, you can just go beat up people more aggressively now. <laughs> What do you guys think? Are you guys and is anyone here playing? You guys gonna play this? I'm going to for sure. Ooh. I love this game. I'm. I, I I did get this on the PS5 because I was like, ah, uh, you know, we have PS5 codes. Why not? I'll just take it. So and I I know some people are upset at me for doing that, but um, it's the first game that I've actually like 
I have two more things to do, and then I 100% it. Wow. I love this game so much. And in previous games like Dark Souls and uh, Bloodborne, I really got into the PvP. So I'm really happy that this is here, and I'm really excited. And I knew those coliseums. I knew those buildings were going to be used for DLC, and I'm so yep. happy that I pointed out the ones that were going to be it. So I'm really happy. Yay. <laughs> Taylor, Destiny, are you guys going to go into this at all? Any interest? There's so much to do in Elden Ring, and I, I'm not as... Uh, I prefer the PvE, not so much the PvP stuff, but this is great. I'm I'm very happy for Stella. <laughs> yes. Aspect of, so I was like, no, I am I am so content with what was already what's already there, but I am happy for those that wanted something like this. Destiny, are you gonna play? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, same, same. I was just like, oh, I'm so happy for you guys. I'm never gonna go in there. <laughs> I, <It's so> funny. <laughs> you can tell. Destin really likes something and when he's like not really into something because he's just so short about his answers no yeah (laughs) why beat around the bush I don't need to ham it up you know are you gonna play it probably not I don't have a I don't have a level character I didn't finish the game you know like yeah, yeah. there was a, there was a me, contrast between <laughs> <laughs> there was the contrast between me and Dustin where I was explaining how no nah, I'm not I'm not into it try to be nice about it and Dustin's just very straightforward no <laughs> I think the game's great I think the game's yeah. great I understand why people love it am I gonna play it no yeah I <laughs> yeah love it very much and i'm looking forward to finishing it at some point but i just want to wish everyone luck whoever goes against stella <laughs> best of luck to you um i wonder if it'll let me solo her guys gonna go in pvp will he go with his build oh, oh my god i want to watch that that'd that be is, impressive somebody ask him yeah let's go ask him okay i'm gonna go talk to the news team after this um, but <laughs> um another bit of news i think um but before that i want to talk about a story that broke a while ago that we've been sitting on for a while that was important to me that we just have not had time for remedy entertainment has confirmed that control 2 is in development hooray <laughs> yes this is all i want you guys, so Remedy and 505 Games are co-developing and co-publishing the sequel, which was previously known as Codename Heron, and thought to be a spin-off rather than a second mainline game. Um, and so this is the quote, with Control 2, we'll take another leap into the unknown, said um, game director Mikhail, Michael? Mikhail? Mikhail? I'm so sorry, guys. These, these names are very hard for me to read. Um, on Remedy's website, so the game director said that on Remedy's website, it'll be an unexpected journey, It'll take a while, but to put it mildly, this is the most exciting project I've ever worked on. It's still early days, but it'll be worth the wait. It has a budget of around 50 million euros, around $52 million, which is up significantly from the game's original 30 million. So that's pretty cool. So this was actually announced as part of um, investor calls, just Mm. that sort of like, hey, we got to tell everyone what's going on. This is what's going on. Um, so it's really cool to see that this is getting, you know, a bit more focus and getting a bit more money and, you know, getting that co-publishing, co-developing. I wonder how that's going to go. But obviously we here at IGN really loved it, got our game of the year for the year that it came out. And it is one that for me is very close to my heart and love. I, if you guys haven't played it, just a very quick shout out to it. It is one of the games where I played it and made me say, this is why I love video games. (laughs) Like there are just some moments in there where I'm just beaming because of like game design, just mechanically. It's just, it's just so much fun. Um, Sorry. I just had to like gush about that for a second because I was like, Ryan's gone. It's time to talk about control. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dustin, did you play this game? Nope. Are you going to play this game? (laughs) 
Okay, that's fine. So, All right, so we're just well, talking about Dustin. <laughs> I'll give yeah. you a longer answer. I didn't play it, but I did watch people play it because mm-hmm. it wasn't a type of game that I was really into. Um, but I just thought it was so cool. Like the different physics, you can break down each thing. So, which makes me very interested with what they're going to do with this new budget, right? It already looked phenomenal. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Taylor, did you like this one? Yes, I loved this game. <laughs> I did play it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I, I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorites of the year. I First off, it looked beautiful. And I liked the gameplay. It took a little bit for me to like get into the groove. Like at, at first, I was like the first few hours, I was like, huh, am I going to really like this? And then eventually I started like understanding it and kind of like playing the game in the sense that like okay this is how i how these mechanics work and this is how i can you know take full advantage of them so i'm curious to see what they're going to do with this budget i hope this is not a cross-gen title although given the fact that remedy is working on alan wake 2 i'm not expecting control 2 to come out anytime soon i mean if if it comes out roughly like in a not that long like after it was announced i'd be impressed but at the same time too i think that i think they should just like take their time with this especially with the budget they're getting i want to see something that is gonna make me drool because that's what when I, as soon as i powered on control because i got it on xbox one when it came out and i looked at it, i was like wow this is beautiful <laughs> this is a pretty very pretty game yeah i agree that it's probably not going to come out for a very long time because alan make two is the thing that we're still waiting to see more of that was announced we're very excited for it but if that is still their main focus i doubt that this has gotten much attention obviously they said on their site too with this announcement that it is still very early in development so hopefully we'll see that in the next five years (laughs) i don't know (laughs) games take a long time um so we are getting close to running out of time so before we get to not unlock book trivia but like a little feature question which i try to do in lieu of unlock block trivia because I don't want to ask questions when I can't answer yeah. them, especially if, since I'm in the lead. You have locked up the win. I so know. You're rigging the system. We uh, get it. So if, if I was on here more, yeah. I probably would have at least tied with Brian. Probably. So, Honestly, Taylor, yeah. I, I would like to. Yeah. <laughs> I am really good at trivia. I want to. I want to preface that. I'm so bad at trivia. Um, but because the question that I have for this week is actually a bit more involved, I want to know. What do you guys want to see or be shown or announced at the Game Awards? We didn't really talk about it that much for this particular show just because we do have a pre and post show. And also there was just a lot of news to cover this week. And I thought that was pretty important to get to. But I didn't want to miss, of course, hearing your guys' thoughts on what's going to come out at the Game Awards or if you have any wishlist items. And Taylor, since you're a guest, I would like to go to you first. Okay, so realistically, I would like to see a trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, especially with the leak that happened yesterday. I I feel like that that seems plausible. I was like, oh, that seems a little sus that this happens the week of the Game Awards. Uh, But, you know, my dream would be that Capcom just comes out and goes, hey, guys, we're remaking Dead Rising and we're using the RE engine. I'm not going to give this up. I will continue to to talk about this. I won't shut up about it on Twitter and I'm going to keep talking about it until Capcom pays attention to me and goes, "Okay, we're going to make this now. Justin, what are you excited for? So I, it's such a cop-out answer. So I'll give, I'm going to give you sort of two answers. I always say new IPs. I love new IPs. I love seeing new things at the Game Awards, exclusive first reveals. Things like Lost Soul Side, a new game, I believe being backed by uh, PlayStation, looks really interesting to me. There was this trailer for a game called Blight Survival. It's sort of like a from software style game but you're like a medieval knight and you have to you start with like broken gear basically and you have to gear up and become powerful and uh take on your enemies it looks super interesting to me but if i had to pick one 
thing that I would love to see, it would be more about the new Mass Effect game. We got that teaser, and that's all we've heard since was the teaser last year, Miranda? Or was it two years now? Last it's year, been a while. It feels like, but yeah. we also did get something from N Seven Day. They had that little mm -hmm. real image with yeah. secrets. Yeah, it was, there's yeah. audio <laughs> in the image and stuff too. So, mm -hmm. and Stella, how about you? Um, well. So you said will things into the existence, and I was like, oh, Titanfall three, <laughs> Titanfall three. But uh, realistically, probably agreeing with Taylor, the Jedi Survivor teaser, or you know, I want to see gameplay. I want to see gameplay trailer because um, I am so ready for a respawn Star Wars story again because the first one was so good, and also respawn just does a fantastic job of pushing narrative and writing stories so i'm really excited to see that oh and and hopefully getting a um an actual release date that's set in stone that'd be really nice because i really want to play uh but yeah that's 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 the one thing that i'm really looking forward to i feel like there's probably going to be some announcement or something for um oh my god what's it called it's a free-to-play game. Apex Legends? No, 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 no. <laughs> I thought that's where she was going with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, every every year they have something for Genshin it. Genshin Impact. No. Elder Scrolls Online. It's like you have the weird little suits. Fortnite. You have the suits. You have the cool like movement and stuff. Oh, um, uh, Warframe. Warframe. Yeah, there's going to okay. be stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm good at trivia, there. guys. Thank you. Yeah, there's always something for Warframe. So I'm, I'm guessing we're going to see something like an announcement about that. But yeah, anyways. Yeah. Those are my two. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, for me, just to continue to will things into existence, just got to say Fusion Frenzy. I just have to say it. I'm not going to elaborate. Um, but I'd also really like to see Kojima's next game, which is called Overdose, as far as we know. Um, I had one answer written, but if I'm really reaching for something, um, in the past, Microsoft has done a really cool job of announcing things and showcasing things at this awards. Mm -hmm. And I really hope we finally get a Gear 6 teaser. Just a teaser. And then they could show more at E3. Please. <laughs> Please. That's all. Miranda, what's the haunted chocolatier? <laughs> yeah, so the haunted chocolatier is another yeah. one that I wrote down that I want. Yeah. But that's from the guy who did Stardew Valley. That's his next game. Oh, okay. oh my god, that's right. It looks so cute. It looks very cute. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so right. That's a, it's another big one we're hoping for soon. I would like a Starfield release date as well. Yes. Uh, you know. A date. We'd all yeah, like that. Yeah, for that. And Redfall. Yeah. Let's get some dates, y'all. And no. Forza. And, <laughs> and anything. Yeah. About. Dates on it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully with, with time soon. It's it's coming up next year is right around the corner. <laughs> avowed. I want to see Avowed. Sorry. Any, <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we could have. I know we could have talked more about it, but I'm glad we got to do this little bit. So um, with that, we are at the end of the show. Um, thank you all so much for joining me. I want to go, of course, go around to see if you guys have yeah. any quick shout outs to anything you guys are doing where folks can find you. Stella. Yeah, um, so I'm still working on that Warzone 2 review, which is hopefully coming out end of this week. Got pushed back a little bit because of the holidays, um, but I am Parallax Stella everywhere. Uh, nothing else personally, except for I am still training for another powerlifting meet in March, so yeah. <laughs> nice. And Taylor, where can everyone find you? You can find me on everything, including Twitter, at Tay Nixter. And also, Stella, I'm not training for any uh, weightlifting competitions, but I do lift a lot. I, I, I'm 
one of the strongest people at my gym now, if we're speaking of women that are members of that gym. So just going to keep on pumping the iron early first thing in the morning. That It's very re refreshing to do that. It's like the first thing I do in the morning. I was like, wow, not only did I get it over with, but now I have all this energy. I'm just ready to go. Impressive. I could never. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a nighttime gym person. Um, Destin, are you a gym person? And also, where can people find you? Not not anymore, unfortunately. But anyway, uh, yeah. Twitter.com slash Destin Laguerre. YouTube.com slash at Destin period. I, ha I can't get at Destin because somebody named Phil bookmarked it or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's super annoying. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, right here, IGN.com. Order cookies at LaguerreBakery.com. Wonderful. And you can find me at Havoc Rose on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and Hive, I think it's called. I always forget what these things are. Um, but I will also be on the Game Awards pre and post show <laughs> tomorrow if you guys are listening to this today when it goes live. Um, if not, you can catch us on those VODs if you missed it. And otherwise, please use our guides, especially if you're getting into the Coliseum. We'll have some nice tips, build guides, all that stuff coming up, as, of course, as we play test and get our experts on that. And we'll have some more soon. Uh, with that, for Super Producer Jobert in the back, Stella, Dustin, and Taylor, this is Podcast Unlock episode 573, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Messy, one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a best comic book podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.